The Las Vegas Raiders have partnered with the global lifestyle app TrueConnect to give the gift of wellness. Transform your mind, body, and soul through thousands of hours of premium fitness content, guided meditations, progress tracking, and more. Visit tcfree.fit to redeem one free year of TrueConnect exclusively for Raider Nation. You feel pretty comfortable that the quarterback of the future could be here in Indianapolis? Um, I think it's a possibility. Uh, there's, there's a lot more work to be done, to be honest with you, to really like say, yeah, I'm confident. Um, where we're at now in the process is we've watched a lot of film on the players, and, and, and that's important to, to, to get an idea of what the value of the player is. It's a really important part of the process. That position in particular, there's such an emphasis um, that we put on the neck up and what that what that is and what that looks like and what it means and how it translates and you can't get that part off the film you can get an idea a little bit of you know you can see decision making and processing and there's an element of it you know it's not that it's zero but until you get in the room with the guy get him on the board um you know ev- eventually i would say like work through installs and see how they can retain information i mean there's a this is like the first step of that of that puzzle you know, to, to do that, whether then there's the pro day, then there's 30 visits and you can do private visits and things of that nature. And so I think there's some really talented young players here. Um, and, and, you know, I think there's some, some years where there's maybe one or two, I think there's, you know, it looks like there's, you know, a a handful of guys that have shown on film, um, to be talented, to be, um, uh, diverse in their skill set. And so that's exciting. And then we got to go through the next part of the process to really, I'd say, determine that. How does what they're doing in college football kind of challenge the NFL in terms of evaluation, especially with the, what they're doing offensively yeah. compared to what you guys are doing? Yeah, it, it, it makes it, it there, there's definitely a challenge there. We've seen a lot of people overcome it, you know, at this point. So I'd say like there's probably less, um, maybe less reservations, but there's the element of just, you know, from the basic, you know, taking a snap under center. And there's a difference when you're taking the snap under center and you're backpedaling, if you will, and processing and making a just you know making a decision versus just standing there in the shot in the shotgun and seeing the ball. There's a difference there. But we've seen a lot of people overcome that. And we've also seen you know offenses offenses have adapted to that too. You don't you don't get a lot of guys under center in certain situations that aren't you know comfortable with it. Um, the defenses are different. You know, it's definitely a more complex, I'd say, defensive schematic game at the NFL level. And so again, that goes just into um, someone's ability to learn, someone's work ethic. Um, and, and, and do they have the tools? And I'd say both from a personal and a mental skill set to put the work in to learn it. I think what we've seen now is like, you can, you know, a, a guy like Lamar Jackson, now Lamar Jackson was super talented. He was a Heisman trophy winner, obviously, but you know, like he's come in the league and Lamar Jackson play, you know, can play quarterback in the league. And there's plenty of other guys, you know, um, you know, along those lines. And so, um, you know, I think there's, it's difficult because you have to put the work in to determine all that. And you're not going to still have like, it's solid, but I think a lot of guys have shown like they can overcome that now. Specifically with the, the first round, obviously you guys didn't have one last year. Um, what, what sort of goes into the process when you're determining, hey, we want to try to move up, do we stay here, do we trade back? I know it's fluid, depending yeah. on the draft. Like, what's sort of the just general thought process when it comes to the approach? Yeah, I think, um, well, in, in both approaches, on a very basic level, you have to have, you know, to, to trade up for, you know, specifically you have to have, obviously like there's someone that you want to go do that for. And then, you know, you have to weigh the cost of doing business to do that, you know? And so I think, um, 
what you really have to weigh in those situations is the how you value the player and the cost that it's going to take to get that player. Because once you move up, you're obviously typically you're subtracting other draft picks, you know, which are other players. And so that you got to kind of that's the thing that you have to weigh between those two things in terms of moving back. And we moved back um, a couple times, I believe, last year. We moved up a couple times also. But in terms of moving back, it's it's um, usually when you're in a draft spot, you have can be anywhere from maybe two to four players that you feel really comfortable taking at that spot. And so I think the moving back portion is you get to that point, someone's calling up and you're looking like, Hey, we're going to get one of these four players or one of these three players. If we move back three slots per se, do you know what I mean? And so you're there, you're kind of just, um, you're evaluating the risk reward of, and the gamble of those players, that pool of players being there if you move back. And there's a lot of, I'd say, intelligence that goes into figuring those, trying to answer those questions based on what um, what you feel the needs of other teams are, things that you've learned about maybe you know what the direction other teams are going to go. And so you, you try to have some insight beyond just you know your gut in those situations. But I think that, that's the kind of the the uh, dichotomy there of those two decisions um, that you have to weigh. How do you balance uh, you know, the patience and diligence needed to find the future quarterback with the desire to win now? Yeah. Um, I think that you have to, when, when you're looking at, you know, the desire to win now and a future quarterback, it's, it's interesting because we've seen it go both ways in terms of um, you draft a young guy and they sit, right? Like Mahomes sat for a year. You know, and you can go back, you know, you can go back to it was probably a little bit more prevalent. You know, I think um, I think even Carson Palmer might have sat for two years. And so um, and so there's there's that um, there's a, uh, a history there of doing that and players having success. And there's then there's also the history of guys getting thrown in the fire right away and it not working out so well. Now, there's some guys that have gotten thrown in the fire and, you know, taken their lumps and, and grown. Andrew Luck, I don't I think he led the league in interceptions his rookie year and and also went through. And so, yeah, in terms of to your question, balancing that decision right off winning now um, I think it's just a you know a, phys- a philosophical thing that you have to make a decision on, and you have to be aligned from the top of the organization down. If you draft a young guy, and you're going to commit to that person sitting all year and learning, um, everybody, I think you just have to have that communication on the front end because there might be some things to stomach. Do you know what I mean? Or you know, again, that pressure to get that guy out there and throw him in the fire. So it's it it does take i would say a unique amount of discipline to do that but i think more importantly it has to be alignment like from the get-go on a situation like that have you guys had that already you guys have discussed that possibility or yeah no i think you know josh and i've discussed like kind of what you know our you know philosophically what you know we would like our approach to be on that there's still more work to be done for me to say yeah this is what we're going to do 100% i'd say we're not there of course we've had those discussions we've had those discussions over the years um but there's there's um there there is a moment in time here as we're approaching this next phase of the off season where you have to just make the commitment to what you're going to do if you end up doing that yeah when you say um you know throwing somebody in the fire sometimes when you get a high draft pick at quarterback you kind of because the team was bad. That's why they're drafting so mm-hmm. high. Maybe the offensive support's not going to be there. But in your case, when you look at, you know, Josh Jacobs comes back, Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, Devontae Adams, that's a pretty good setup for any quarterback. Do you feel like that's conducive to a young quarterback maybe stepping in and having some success as a result where you're not just throwing him into the fire and then lost support? 
Yeah, I would say if you were just looking at the support part of that, you would say, yeah, there's a lot of support there for someone to succeed. I think it really ends up being an individual case by case thing because it it's really depends on the, the the person and what they're ready for. Because if they're not ready to take advantage of all those weapons, because they're not ready for the responsibilities of being an NFL quarterback, then you know, then the weapons are null and void. And so, in theory. Yes, there's a lot of weapons there, but I think it, again, it comes back to the individual and what they're ready for. Devante's been pretty, you know, support, very supportive of you and Josh, but said he wants to be kept in the loop. It's important to him. Obviously, you're not going to let him pick the next quarterback, but how much conversation do you have? Hey, this is a guy we believe when that time comes, what that your plan is. How much do you include him in it? Yeah, um, well, every every relationship is kind of unique. I would say for 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 myself, and I won't speak for Josh, but for myself, Devontae's probably one of uh, me and him have, probably have one of the closest relationships that I've had with a player as an active player um, that's still playing in the NFL. And so, you know, um, our communication is pretty fluid. Um, you know, whether it's on the quarterback or whether it's just in general conversation. And so uh, Devante, we've talked about it before, um, you know, he's earned the right to be kept in that loop. Josh and I feel that way um, by what he's accomplished and who he is as a as a player and who he is as a leader um, on that team. And so um, he'll be involved in, in those conversations, like you said, and Devante knows he's not, you know, he's not selecting who the quarterback is. Um, but he'll be involved in the process and, and, you know, we'll bounce some ideas off him. And ultimately, again, it's going to be the decision that we that that we're going to make. And he understands and respects that at the same time. You mentioned the price of doing business last year when you made the move for Devontae. You just gave him a first and a second last year and it's done. What's the philosophy going into thinking about draft picks that come from other years? You know, if you have to include that in a move, is it worth the player? Or is it just player to player basis? Yeah, I mean, I think it's player to player basis. Um, I, I mean. You know, it's there's always when you're when you're working through the draft, um, I always find it it's um, the the future pick doesn't always seem sexy at the time until you get to the next year, and then you're glad that you have that future pick. Um, that's kind of the that's you know that's the feeling oftentimes that you go through when you're when you're in that moment. Um, I think at the end of the day, it's it, it is based on the player, and again, it's like what you determine the value of the player as. And so, like just like with the Devonte trade, you know, we determined that the value we were okay with a you know his value of being a first and second round pick, and so we made the decision and went with it, and we never looked back, and we're happy with the decision that we made. And so, I think that's that's what you have to evaluate. How, what is that? What's the value of that? Player? Player to your organization, and then how does that equate to the the value of the picks? And I think you have to look at your individual situation too. Um, you know, in terms of where you're at as a team and what you're trying to build and the holes that you're trying to fill. Um, but at the same time, if if you feel like the value is there, you're going to do what you need to do to go. You know, to go get it. With free agency looming and so many teams needing a starting quarterback, the timeline for you guys to make the decision on the route that you're going to go to get your quarterback gets gets sped up. So yep. are you prepared, I guess, evaluation-wise that you'll have to make that determination here by, by mid-March? Yeah, from an evaluation standpoint, when you're talking specifically about pro-free agency, yeah, we are. Um, there's a lot of pro-free agencies a little bit different than the draft. The draft, the player's there. You have the draft pick, you select them. You know, there's you're not uh, negotiating, a, you know, a contract or, you know, going through those those mechanics to get a deal done. And so, but from a straight evaluation standpoint, yeah, we've put in a lot of work through that process. We've evaluated the 
quarterbacks that are in pro free agency. We understand what that market is. Um, we have a hierarchy of, of what that looks like, you know, in our building. And yeah, we're prepared to, you know, we're prepared to execute that plan with the caveat being there's a contract element and a cost element involved in that. And so uh, we don't know what those prices are. Do you know what I mean? That's not, um, you don't really know that until the free agency period begins. And so you have to have a level of fluidity to it um, because you don't know necessarily what that price tag is going to be for an individual player or that player can sign with another team. And so I'd say if you go in there with just plan A, um, you know, you could be scrambling if you don't have a multi-step multi plan in, in, in that situation. At the, at the senior bowl, you mentioned that, you know, obviously you guys get to improve at all three levels of the defense. Yeah. Because of your situation, you guys don't really have all that many players on a contract on defense. So it's almost a blank slate, I completely. Is your preference to build, you know, sort of the traditional front to back um, in terms of prioritizing the defensive line first, or are you more of a, a secondary boost that up? And, and yeah, um, it's a good question. I think that... Um, I've always been in, in a belief when you're talking about the defensive side of the football of, of I'd say building it inside out. I think having a, a strong defensive line sets the tone for the rest of the defense. Now that doesn't mean, you know, you can find a good player that you're going to have You draft a good player. You know, we've talked about drafting the best available, the best available players, but I think having a, a deep um, defensive line that can disrupt, you know, that you can um, run in waves and things of that nature. And, you know, we, we have a lot of work to do to get to that point. Um, but if I was going to kind of lean one way, I would say that would be, uh, you know, where I would start from a building standpoint. Andre James, and I know he's under contract, but would you like to rework that deal up in order to him to stay? Or are you happy where he is? Yeah, I, I think that um, with Andre in particular, we spent the last year with him and, and got to know him and got to see him play. And there's a lot of good things about Andre as a person and as a leader that we really like. And uh, I think he improved as a football player this year. Um, I would say we're not to that point yet. We, just with where we're at from a roster standpoint, we mentioned how many UFAs that we have this year, um, how many expiring contracts that we need to work on. And so I'm glad he's under contract. You know, it can take a kind of take a breath because he's there. Um, but we have a, just kind of a major order of business with, with this current group to handle before kind of, kind of get to that step, but, but really excited about what he did this year at the same time. Josh had mentioned that, uh, you and Josh Jacobs representation have been uh, in dialogue, um, any characterization on, on where that might be and any feeling of it could get done before the deadline for the free agent or the uh, practice. Yeah, I'd say it's still very fluid. You know, those, those conversations have, um, we've had a few of them, uh, kind of, a, you know, um, getting everybody's ideas on the table. Um, we'll continue to work through that process this week. You never know. I mean, I, you know, I've been involved in deals that I thought were going to take two months and they got done in two days. And I've, you know, I've had, you know, the experience of doing deals that I thought were going to get done quickly that don't. And so, um, you know, there's obviously there's a deadline coming up and from, um, in terms of applying the tag, um, March 7th, I believe is the date. And so we understand what that deadline is. Um, and we're going to continue to work that process this week. So I, I, I can't put like a, a specific thing, you know, a specific time on it, or, or I'd say like a gut feeling on what it's going to be or not going to be just irresponsible. I've been, you know, done this too many times to know that would kind of paint yourself in a corner that way. But I'd say where the commonality is that we want Josh to be a Raider and that Josh wants to be a Raider. And so that's a really good place to start. And, you know, hopefully we'll work to, to get some common ground here um, sooner than later. Is it a question of either or, either, either tag or, con or contract, or do you want to say it that way? Well, I've, both things are on the table. 
yeah, I don't think that we've made up our mind and just said like on either way, on either side, but like, Hey, it's, Hey, we're not, if it's, if it's a tag, then forget it. You know what I mean? Or making the decision that we're not going to do the tag. You know, I think that, um, both of those, both of those opportunities are on the table. They should be on the table. And, um, you know, again, we'll, we'll, we'll see how it plays out, but I'd say, you know, it could go either way on in terms of how it gets executed. Because of the way most of your contracts are structured, next year's books are pretty clean, I think, right now. I mean, it's an estimate because we don't know the cash. Sure. It's like over $100 million. Is that something that's intentional to sort of keep that, you know, kind of open in terms of planning the future of a loop or just kind of happen that way? Well, some of that happened before we, you know, the results of things that happened before we got, you know, before we got here. So I'm not going to take full responsibility for that. But I would say that, um, I would say the intentionality is of, you know, and, and this isn't going to happen every time is, is doing deals that um, not having a plethora of deals that end up putting you tight against the cap, like having cap flexibility, having a healthy cap growth uh, or having a healthy cap situation. I just I like I think we like the flexibility that that gives us. Um, to be able to not only um, it's not always about re-signing or signing a player that's out there, but re-signing your own players in particular, which we've talked about wanting to, you know, really kind of um, grow that continuity within our organization. And so I think philosophically, we we would always like to kind of operate with some healthy cap and not kind of, you know, be, be tight against it. I've worked in those situations and that's hard because you end up um, making decisions on your roster sometimes during the season week to week that are predicated by the cap. You know, even to the point of like, hey, we're not going to elevate this player this week because of the cap situation or, you're, you know, you're constantly re restructuring guys during the year. So there's a bit of, I'd say, um, intentionality on our part um, that we want to have that flexibility um, as we go through kind of each individual year. Do you, is it your intention to be aggressive in free agency? I mean, do you have a long list of guys you're like, yeah, I think we can add these people or is it, is it still too early to make that decision? Um, I, well, I think that you can, you can develop your philosophy before free agency starts. Now, you, sometimes that plan doesn't work out just based on how the market materializes and things of that nature. We'll always, we're always going to have a group of players, I would say, um, in free agency that you just know based on what the market is and what conversations are. If you want to get that player, you're going to have to do that in the first couple days of free agency. And then there's going to be another pool of players that, um, you're going to make the decision on like this position group or this player whatever it may be, um, we're going to wait, you know, we're going to sit and wait and see how the market materializes. And I think that is predicated on maybe the depth of that position that may be predicated on what the draft, um, is the, the, the surplus and demand in the draft at that certain position is. So I think there's a, there's a few different variables that go into making that decision, but, um, yeah, there's, there's situations where there's probably, I think, unless you're planning on sitting free agency out, um, and you just go in with that mindset, there's always going to be a player or two that, you know, that if you're going to do a deal, you're going to have to do that on the front side of free agency. And, and there'll be some players like that this year also. Is Jared Stidham still going to the in the picture kind of a guy and bringing back? Yeah, it's, a, it's, you know, it's, it's, um, it's in the picture. Um, like anything, those, you know, those conversations are fluid and um, he's not under contract at this point. And so, um, you know, we're happy with what he did and, and he's a player obviously that um, 
because of his experience in the system, there's value, you know, there's value in that. And so we'll look at that market. And there's a lot of players in that market, you know, this year that we're going to have to, that we've evaluated um, that are going to be a part of that equation too. And so we'll, you know, we'll see how it ends up working out, but um, ultimately we would like, you know, we'd like Jarrett to be a Raider going forward and just have to see how it fits together. The two games that he played, did that open up your eyes any or kind of validate what you felt uh, he was capable of doing? Yeah, well, I think anytime we had never seen him play, a live football game. And so anytime you get to see someone where the bullets are really flying, playing against top tier competition on the other side of the ball, um, there's value in seeing that. And so there was value in seeing that with Jarrett. And, um, you know, we've always thought Jarrett was, you know, a, a good, a good football player and that he had the, the potential to, to um, play well, seeing it. Yes. It provides more validation. There's less um, question marks. Now it's a two game sample. Um, we also were Owen two in those two games. And so um, while yes, there's some validation to it, I'd still say there's, you know, there's still a lot of questions to, to answer um, on, on that position because the sample size is so small. Do you ever feel like there's pressure or maybe even an anxiousness to make sure that you're hitting the draft right? So you're not having to rely on free agency to try to build the team. Yeah, it's a healthy um, pressure and it's a healthy kind of anxiousness. I mean, it's part of like the juice of like the fun of being in personnel. Um, but to your specific question, yeah, we want to grow our, we want to improve our homegrown talent. Um, that's something that hasn't, you know, materialized here over the years. And, um, you know, it's, again, it shows you it's, it's a difficult process. There's no guarantees to it, but I think, um, yeah, we feel like, you know, we have an opportunity this year with the amount of picks that we do have, um, with where we're picking, um, that we have an opportunity this year to build that core group of players. That doesn't all always mean that you have 12 superstars and 12 starters. Um, some of those guys are working class individuals that, you know, provide depth to your team too. Um, but yes, you know, there's, there's, um, a healthy excitement, a healthy anxiousness and anxiety to, um, we have that opportunity in front of us and go, go capitalize on it. But do you feel like there's a number of starters that you need to pull out of the draft or is it kind of fluid each year, each year? I think it's fluid. You know, I think it's fluid on where your team is. And I think it's hard to say, like, to put that expectation on, on a player to say, we're, hey, we're drafting, you know, these guys and we need these four guys to start. Um, do you want to hit starters in the draft? Yes. Um, I don't really put, um, you know, I want them all to be starters, you know, but I, I don't really go in there and put a specific number on it. Um, you know, we, we, we plan to come out of the draft with some guys that are starters for the Raiders for a long time. I would say that. It's time for a couple more guys. Yeah, this time last year, probably in a little bit of scramble mode, um, just kind of coming aboard. Uh, can you quantify where you are this year compared to last year, uh, you know, being ahead of the game for the draft for offseason? Yeah, we're a lot farther along. Um, we just, you know, we had that, that, that time, if you remember, like I was on the job a little bit over a year. They had already had done their free agency process. Um, they had went through, they graded all the free agents. They had graded them on the scale that they were using. Uh, they graded them in the system that they were scouting for. And so uh, we are in the opposite end of that spectrum this year. And so that provides a lot more clarity for us, a lot more clarity for the scouts um, as they went through the fall of knowing what we were looking for. There was a lot less learning, even though there's still a lot of learning going on. The scouts last year were learning the grading scale and how to interpret it. And they're trying to evaluate the player and they're trying to evaluate the player for this new system in a very condensed amount of time. And so a lot farther along in, in, in those regards. Um, and then in the draft, I would say the same thing. Uh, you know, it's the same dichotomy. They, they were evaluating under a different scale for a different system. And so we're a lot farther along. Does that guarantee 
um, better results. You would hope it does, um, but it doesn't necessarily mean that that's the case. But we're confident that the continuity that we've had, the amount of learning that's taken place over the last year, uh, the group of talented scouts that we have in the system, that it's going that it's going to pay a, a positive result for us. Dave, I was talking to Josh about this. Fans don't want to hear it. They think it's an excuse. But prior to your arrival, their drafting has been an epic failure, especially in the first round. As a GM, how frustrating is that when you've got a roster where there hasn't been guys that you've done the homegrown and you didn't have the depth? How hard was that to, to deal with? Yeah, well, I think you know what the situation is. You know, you evaluate the situation before you take a, you know, one of these jobs, and so you know, you know what the kind of what the landscape is and what's missing and and um, what needs to be built. And the reality is, is that going back to the homegrown, you know, piece of, of the homegrown talent, the situation is what it is, and so now we have to figure out the solutions for it. And you know, the solution is drafting well. And so I wouldn't say frustration or any of those types of things. Like again, we knew what we were, we knew what we were getting in. To. We knew what the task at hand was, and you know we've developed you know developed a plan to hopefully um, you know can you know make decisions that are that is going to improve the homegrown talent and 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 boost that young core of players that we need, and, and that's what we're prepared to do. Is there a position that you think is really deep in this draft? You're looking forward to talking to these guys. Yeah, and, and I probably, you know, I have, I have some more digging to do, I would say. Um, just a couple of the positions on the surface that look like there's some depth to it on the defensive side of the ball, the cornerback position looks like there's some healthy depth there um, throughout the position. Um, the tight end position is unique this year. Um, I think this is probably one of the deeper tight end classes that I've seen maybe since I've been in the league. Again, on the surface, um, but there's a, a quite a few players there. So I'd say those are the two positions that, you know, on the surface looks like there's, you know, there's a, a good amount of depth at. You guys all set? Oh. Is there any scenario where you got to cross some round where you need this draft out drafting the quarterback? Gosh, well, I never like to talk in absolutes. Um, I think um, they're always, could, could that happen? Yes, um, it could happen. Um, do I see that happening? No, I don't see that happening. Um, I think every year, um, you know, we've talked about it philosophically, and I think, you know, um, Ron Wolf was, you know, had a philosophy in Green Bay that almost every draft they wanted to come out in some form or fashion with a quarterback prospect. And, and I'm not going to tie myself to that because I don't think it, you know, again, you do an absolute and then it doesn't go your, you know, that doesn't happen. And then um, that doesn't work out well for you. But I would say some form or fashion, we're always, you know, looking at the quarterbacks and whether it's, you know, we had Chase Garbers last year in, um, in, in free agency after the college free agency after the draft. Um, but I think we, you know, I think we want to always continue to add to that position. And I think, you know, we'll be, you know, this year will be no different.